Hi everybody, I'm Deacon Dave. I'm Layperson Lisa. Welcome to the Deacon, Deacon Dave, Dave and Layperson Lisa, Lisa show. show. Pretty good, Lisa. You barely even smiled on that one. Yes. I guess... I, I was told I had no self-control. That episode got messed up, remember, because the power <laughs> went out. So nobody would have known that if you had it was, told them. It was, it was directed at you. <laughs> Thank you, Layperson Lisa. So we are going to talk about the third gift of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about wisdom. We've yeah. talked about understanding. And now we're going to talk about counsel. counsel. And so this is probably the one that Lisa needs the most yes, help on. Yes, because if I knew, if I had any counsel, I wouldn't have said that. You wouldn't have said that. That's and that's something you would expect me to say, mm -hmm. but not you. Well, I'll try not to be. Sometimes hurt. you rub off on me. I guess. I am so sorry to hear that. <laughs> I will pray for you <laughs> more. Thank you. I already pray for you every day, but I'll pray for you more. So, what is the gift of counsel? Knowing what is right and wrong. And making the moral decision, even when the world tries to pull us the other way. And the world does a lot of trying to pull us the other way, doesn't it, Lisa? Yes. And so it will do everything it can to tempt us to make decisions that are counter to God's truth in our lives. And thank goodness that the Spirit of God will enter in. But we have to be open to the Spirit of God entering in. Yes. I mean, right. Otherwise, we'll just follow the waves of the world. Right. And so I think... I think my first question to you, Lisa, is how do we, how do we foster um, and strengthen this gift of counsel? Oh, that's a great question. Let's okay. see. Um, that was a great answer. Through the gift of counsel, we, that is how we accomplish that. Right, but how well, do we strengthen that gift of counsel? So, for example, I would say um, I've done several moral apologetics. Okay, yeah, through like studying the ways of the church and right. the and scripture. Right, and so the more you know about moral teaching, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is part of natural law, right? It's written on our heart, we know it. Yeah. But then uh, I think the more we learn about it and the reasons behind why uh, these teachings uh, of Christ are the way they are, um, we begin to, um, as we talked about last week, better understand what they are mm -hmm. and then be able to make um, decisions um, with regards to things when the devil's trying to tempt us to go one way instead of another. It's like practical wisdom. Practical wisdom. Wow, I yeah. like that. Fancy, fancy. Yes. What else do you have on counsel? Well, the Holy Spirit reveals God's care for us as he lends us his aid in knowing and choosing goodness. But we have to be, as I said, open to actually... To doing what is good. Right, and, and being open to his guidance and his counsel. I mean... Right. I don't know how many times in my life in the past I have, you know, been at the doorway of temptation and, you know, God's like got his hand on my shoulder, like pulling me back, yeah. right? And you just like and brush like, it off yeah. and run. <laughs> That's a really bad song, Brushing Off the Lord. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm you won't be a hit song, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then, and then go right through that door of temptation into yeah. sin and evil, right? Yeah. Because it feels good. Because uh, there might be some self-satisfaction in it. Mm -hmm. Because I want to do it. Because we're putting ourselves first. Yeah, it's all about me. God. We can't put ourselves first? No. God, others, self. Yeah, I don't remember if I said this on the last episode or the episode before. I know, that's the problem. But that our life is not about us. Right. Right, our life is meant to be given away. And right. That might have been on the other. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember but either. But again, everything seems to tie in very nicely. It so. does. So counsel is being open really just to the will of God and allowing him to direct 
our lives. Yes. The Spirit. Yes. What else do you have, Lisa? The gift of counsel helps us recognize the moral law as a gift from God that leads that leads uh, us to true goodness. Okay, I'm trying to get you on the screen. So say that again. The gift of counsel helps us to recognize the moral law as a gift from God. And so often we don't necessarily see uh, some of the, the teachings, right? The moral law as a gift because it puts a restriction on what we want to do um, and who we want to be, which we just sort of alluded to. And, and so we, we think there's a lack of freedom associated with the moral law. The reality of it is, is that's exactly where we find our freedom. Yes. Um, and our freedom is, is, is not an expression of what we can do for ourselves, right? Uh, our freedom is an expression of, of, of how we live out a life according to the will of God. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, we find out uh, the fullness of our own identity and who we are, which is really quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. So what else do you have? Well... Oh, I have an example. Before. Yes. Are you, go go ahead. ahead. I'll let you go first. I was going to talk about um, how moral, or how counsel is um, when we are... Uh, when we realize that our sins are mistakes and we don't make excuses for them and that we're contrite. Whereas we're ju we just don't say, oh, well, everybody does that, so it's not really a sin, or I don't sin. Well, this is a pet peeve for me, okay. especially at work. Yeah. So people making excuses yeah. um, or not wanting to be accountable or even just saying, well, I had nothing to do with that. Oh, yeah. Right. Lack and, of responsibility. And, I've, and, I've, and, and even if you did have anything to do with it, so for example, I talked to a lot of people who have fallen away from the church, and it's usually because of something a priest or a deacon or some lay leader said as a part of the ministry. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, it basically uh, got them to walk away from the church. Mm -hmm. And while I had nothing to do with that, as a member of the church and as, as clergy of the church, I will often say, I apologize. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that that happened to you, and then I invite them back. Mm -hmm. It would have been easy for me to say, well, that wasn't me. And you apologize on behalf of the church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I wasn't the one. I didn't do right. that. And, and you see this in, in, in other circles of, of injustice, too, where while people are not um, directly responsible for some, for some injustice, right, they are associated with that injustice. So, for example, you know, the police. Right. right? And some of the things that have happened over, you know, the last year, year and a yeah. half, and really over the course of history, um, are then identified um, with a group of people. And so you might ask, whatever that group may be, uh, well, well, why don't you um, apologize or, or, or move forward with apologizing? And the answer is, well, I didn't have anything to do mm. with that. And that's not really the point. The, the point of, I think, counsel in this case that the Spirit of God gives us is that we are all a member of the one body of Christ. Yes. And so we are called to help mend that body in any way we can. Like I said, if, um, if one part of the body is hurting, the other parts suffer as well. Yes. And so we all have a responsibility, even if it feels indirect, to do that. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was, can I oh, go yes. back to the other thing? Yes, please. So oftentimes with the moral law, we may not understand certain church teaching. Uh, for example, let's say not being able to get pregnant, okay. which, is, which is a tragedy, especially for someone who, within the sacrament of marriage, wants to you know, really take on that procreative part and to uh, um, be a part of God's create, creation, right? Mm -hmm. And having yeah. children. And then they can't. And so there are options, right? Like in vitro fertilization, for example, mm -hmm. um, that is against church teaching because of, of 
uh, the fact that some of those embryos are wasted. Right. And because there's conception, and life begins at conception, and then they're frozen. Or exactly, yeah. and then some of those get uh, uh, wasted, basically. Right. Um, those little lives are are gone, and so the church teaches that you can't do that. And often we want to be able to do that, yeah. But we can't, and um, it's hard. So we have to carry that cross, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to embrace um, Jesus, who is with us on the cross. Um, because our sufferings are contained with, within his suffering of all of humanity in order to help us to get through that. And so I just use that as a particular example, Lisa. I understand that it's very difficult for people to, um, who cannot have children um, to follow church teaching, but that's what we're called to do. And often when we do that, something that seems tragic and difficult um, and not what we had hoped for, uh, can become something quite beautiful uh, when we embrace Christ on the cross in that mm-hmm. um, and, and carry it with him. Uh, some things really beautiful can come from that. Mm-hmm. But we have to get to the point where we can um, have that resurrection, if you will, of, of that death that we are having because of something that we want that we cannot have. Right. It's tough. It is, yeah. It's tough. So the Holy Spirit, you know, that's part of that counsel is, is to allow the Spirit of God to enter into those difficult situations. Um, and to help direct us and get us through them. Mm-hmm. So what else do you have on council? Let's see. Well, let's see what we have. It's when God invites us to take part in the divine life. Ooh. So I don't remember if we talked about the ego drama or the theodrama. I think that was the first episode. Uh, but well, I'm let's not... bring it back again. So the theodrama is when we live for God and he is the audience that we're living for. Whereas mm-hmm. ego drama is, it's all about me and the world and we're performing for the worldly audience. Right. And, and it's interesting because um, when we, when we learned about the ego drama, I, I think not everything is, is ego. Like what I just described with someone who can't. Oh, that's not ego. I mean, that's just <clears throat> that's suffering. hurt, yeah. hurt and suffering. Yeah. Right. Um, which which is still um, there's there's still a desire within that for us to have something that is not in God's plan. Yeah. For us. Yeah. And, and so, it's just a matter of getting to the point where you can surrender it to God and. Did she just use the word surrender? That, you know, that's not what God has called. So you use surrender and then acceptance. Yeah. Because we can, yeah. And those are hard. Those are hard. Yeah. They really go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. If you haven't truly surrendered, if you haven't accepted it. Yeah. Which comes first, the acceptance or the surrender? Oh, that's a good question. I think you have to accept first before you can surrender. I would agree with that. Yeah. You would have to accept that something different is going to come about. Yeah. And then surrender that yeah. to God. And often God has a better plan for us, as hard as that may Sound often? Did I say often? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, God, often well, you have a better often plan. Fruits uh, from suffering. So yes. I'm just saying that. I think Lisa was implying, Lord, that you don't always have a better plan. Just well, saying. there are, no, but sometimes people it's hard for people to see. I'm just so, messing. Yeah. But yes, God's plan is always greater than ours. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, and, and but sometimes it hurts. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. So what yeah. else do we have in counsel? Let's Anything see. else? Well, let's see. Well, how can we live the gift of counsel in our everyday life? Well, you never, well, number one, by keeping my foot out of my mouth, which is something I love to do, right? And to say things before I think. And I think part of what happens, though, is the more you get in touch with this gift, right? 
And I think the sacrament of reconciliation helps with that. Mm -hmm. um, adoration. Mm -hmm. You begin to say, okay, let me think about this before I say something. Yeah. And I still struggle with that. Yeah. As you well, know. sometimes it's just a quick reaction. But counsel helps us have a more effective uh, reaction. Right. To choose our words appropriately. To be yeah. more prudent. Yes. I would say. Yes. And to maybe have the courage to um, say something either um, more out of love, I would say. Yes. Brotherly correction. Or just even out of love, period. There's a way to say ah, things that, uh, okay. like, like my homily this past yes, week, and I yes, talked about yes, you I know, how you. I was upset about something. Yeah. And, and so God gave me the words out of love after yeah. he chilled me out, right? Right, right. Um, to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways we can live those out. And I think it's too, it's practicing the presence of God, knowing that we are Oh, seeing God in others. Yes. And, yeah, before you react. And that yeah. would give you a lot of freedom. A lot of people should always do that, but yeah. Right. And, and so counsel is, I, so we asked the question at the beginning, how do we grow in the gift of counsel? And I, and I do believe it is um, really, number one, learning more about our faith, okay, which is sort of tied to knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But then... Um, just being actively aware of the presence of God in us. And that's wisdom. Right. Yeah. And in dealing with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like seeking to see mm -hmm. people as God sees them. Very good. Which is my wisdom. So, yeah. Well, I'm Deacon Dave. I'm like Chris Lisa. See you next time. Bye.